Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Our hands also ought to be in serving. And he's saying, strengthen our, your hands because sometimes they get weak. And notice it says, strengthen feeble hands, steady the knees. Sometimes you feel like you can't endure the weight. You can't endure the problems. And you feel like the spiritual responsibilities, the stamina, the steadiness is gone. And God is saying, trust his ancient promises. Strengthen your hands. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. God has promised those that serve Him that He will strengthen their hands and feeble knees. This goes to show that serving the Lord isn't always peaches and cream. Serving God is hard work. And when you step out in faith to serve Him, the enemy will place a bullseye on your back. Today, Pastor Ed will be encouraging us to endure as we serve God. And the Lord will give us the strength needed to fulfill the tasks He has given us. Where God guides, God provides. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. God could put joy in your desert-like experience, in your wilderness, in your time where you feel like everything looks absolutely dead. The joy of the Lord in the wilderness. In verse 1, the desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Here you have this incredible picture of gladness and rejoicing in the desert. Does that make sense? There are times you go through things and in a natural it doesn't make sense. But God gives you joy there. God gives you gladness there. Where did the ministry of John the Baptist begin? In the desert. In the place where everything was dry and deserted. God sent one of the greatest prophets of all time, John the Baptist, to prepare the people to come back to him. It was there in the desert that their spiritual lives began to blossom. Stop, wait, think. Don't look at your desert experiences as something that you have to write off, that you have to rip out of your narrative recognize that in the midst of that desert, whatever that may be, physical pain, spiritual anguish, a time of wondering why, God's there. Everything around them literally has changed into the, in that desert. The desert has gone from a barren wilderness to a beautiful paradise. It's gonna be transformed when God's favor and his plans are enacted. It's amazing how he changes things. I, I feel that way when I walk through Casper Kill. 
And I'm not exaggerating that, that I really feel as you look at the restoration of that building and the transformation of that building and you think about what's going to happen in those hallways and you think about what's going to happen in those classrooms and what's going to happen in the facilities, the people that will be saved, the lives that will be changed. And God has so set it up that people from the four corners of the earth will come and be there. We're seeing God use that center to draw people. What it will mean and what will happen in this community, I often think back when our church was on Market Street. Not that I was there, but I heard the stories. (laughs) When they were on Market Street in the 40s and the 50s, and they were just digging out some basement, trying to expand the area, and it was so small and so tight. There, the big bulldozers and the architects at IBM were planning this beautiful conference center. And all the while, God said, those faithful people who are praying and working and laboring and serving, they don't know what's ahead of them. And now when we walk through that, I sometimes think, if only they had a glimmer, only they even knew what their labor would lead to. God promises this great reversal of conditions. The desert into a paradise. The trial into a triumph. It's amazing how God will use the things in your life. Just be patient. Just wait. Just trust. Now notice what the text also says. The text says this, the glory of the Lord in the wilderness. Not only the joy of the Lord in the wilderness, but the glory of the Lord. In verse 2, it says, they will see the glory of the Lord and the splendor of our God. What happens in Carmel and Sharon and Levin, that was beautiful. The land was lush. It was absolutely prime real estate. And he said he's going to clothe the desert like that. I remember going to Israel back in the 90s and we took various tours and they shared with us how they reclaimed the desert. They turned the desert into well-watered fields where they could grow crops. It was amazing how they reclaimed the desert. And that's what God wants to do in our lives, reclaim those dry, broken deserted areas and let his glory be seen. Now, it's interesting. It was the glory of the Lord, they see, because of what God did. It was God that did this miracle and they would see the glory of the Lord. God would be glorified greatly by what he did. Our experience in the desert is we could have joy and gladness. We could see great reversals. What would normally destroy a person can become a paradise. And the glory of God can be seen there as God puts his hand upon it and transforms it. And it goes on, our endurance in the desert. I love Psalm 84. It's one of my favorite psalms. It says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on the pilgrimage. Many times we set our hearts on the short temporary journey in this world. 
And when we do that, we'll get discouraged. We'll get wearied and disheartened. But if we keep our eyes on our heavenly destination, if we set our hearts on an eternal pilgrimage that one day we'll stand before God, one day everything that we're doing is, well, we want to present it to God and say, Lord, here. So when we set our hearts on that, what happens is God imparts strength to us. Our strength is in the Lord. In Isaiah 35, 3, strengthen feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Our hands represent the ability to act, the ability to work. Sometimes we get weary in well-doing, we get weary in doing things, and God is saying, strengthen your hands. You've been working with those children a long time. Don't give up. You've been putting an investment in your marriage a long time. Don't stop. You've been giving your best in some area of ministry, and and sometimes it doesn't seem that fruitful. What happened to these people, he says, don't let your hands get weak. Keep your hands to the plow. Serve the Lord. Remember that picture of that praying hands and also uh, the... uh, what they would make that, that image of the praying hands. Our hands ought to be in that position, but our hands also ought to be in serving. And he's saying, strengthen our, your hands because sometimes they get weak. And notice it says, strengthen feeble hands, steady the knees. Sometimes you feel like you can't endure the weight. You can't endure the problems. And you feel like the spiritual responsibilities of stamina, the steadiness is gone. And God is saying, trust his ancient promises. Strengthen your hands. Uh, Don't become wobbly. Uh, Don't lose your balance. Uh, Keep on keeping on. In Psalm 84, 7, it says this. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. You're going to reach your destination. You're going to reach your end. You're going to come to the end of the journey. Keep on Trusting God for strength in this journey, wherever you might be. See, God will give you inner strength to fight the good fight of faith. I remember the first, remember one of the miracles that Jesus performed on a family member? It was Peter's mother-in-law. As soon as he healed her, the Bible says something in Mark's gospel. She began to serve them. When God heals us on the inside, we're able to serve on the outside. And so what it's talking about here is their spiritual condition. Weak hands, feeble knees. And then God says something else. He's going to provide courage. Not only strength. He'll provide strength for you as you look to him. You might feel with those little toddlers running around, Lord, I don't know how I have strength. You might feel with the obstacles that you're facing, I don't know if I have the strength. He'll provide. Look to the Lord. And he provides courage. Isaiah 35, 4. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong. Do not fear. We could be afraid of the enemy. We could be afraid of tomorrow. We could be afraid of the challenges. We could be afraid of people. All of those things can gather and cause us to fear. But God says, don't be afraid. 
Now, I, I love this passage of Scripture. I like the way the message translation translates this. Don't panic. I'm with you. There's no need to fear. I am your God. I will give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady. Keep a firm grip on you. Now, notice what the text says. He comes, meaning the Lord. We're going to go back. But look at the the verse of text. It says this. He will come with vengeance, with retribution. You know what that's saying? Leave everything in God's hands. God's going to make every wrong right. He is a God who judges everything. And we have to live our lives with this sense that someday all people will stand before God. Sometimes you can get discouraged when you look at man's inhumanity to man. I think about the multitudes of children that go to bed hungry every night. I think about the oppressive governments. I think about all of the wrongs that happen, even in our judicial system. Do you know God is going to make every wrong right? And the Bible says, put your trust in him. He'll come. He'll save you. So what gives us strength is that we're headed towards this journey, and we keep our eye on the pilgrimage, and remember, this is not the end of things. This is only part of the journey. And so if you go through a desert time, God will turn it into a spring. He'll turn it into a paradise. If you go through a difficult time, you remember that God's there with you in the journey. Now here's the message translation. It's verse four. Tell fearful souls courage. Take heart. God is here, right here, on a way to put things right and redresses all wrongs. He's on his way. He'll save you. And all the ups and downs and all the twists and turns and all the question marks, God's there. God's there. And as you move on in the text, as you follow right through this psalm, you look at our experience in the desert, the endurance in the desert, and our recovery in the desert. You would think we would recover in some, not in the desert, but here it is. Then... Will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped? Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Now, he's using natural language to speak of physical things, but spiritual things as well. God comes in and restores the brokenhearted. He comes in and heals damaged emotions. He does things in the spiritual realm and in the natural realm. We've seen people healed in their bodies, and I believe that's a picture when ultimately there'll be no more sickness, no more pain, no more disease. God heals people in their hearts and minds and emotions. I think of my good friend J. O'Hara, who's in heaven, who wasted his mind on drugs. He had a terrible heroin addiction and God saved him and he went to Bible college and he didn't think he'd make it through but God restored his mind 
I've watched children who struggled in school, who struggled with learning as they memorize scripture, as they study the Bible. I've watched God do amazing things for them mentally where they all of a sudden excel. See, God is greater than our infirmities, our frailties, than our situations. What a wonderful promise in the book of Revelation. It tells us that we're to hear with spiritual ears. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Seven times is repeated in the book of Revelation in the message to the seven churches again and again. See, God wants us to hear him. You can hear the voice of God. God wants us to see him. He wants to heal our eyes and heal our ears. Look at Isaiah 29, 18. In that day, the deaf will hear the words of the scroll. And out of gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind will see. Some of you, like me, sat in a church and I didn't know God as a young person, and they would read the Apostles' Creed, and they would read portions out of the Gospel, and they would talk about Jesus, and it went over my head. One day, my eyes were open, my heart was open, and I began to realize this is a real story. Christ is Emmanuel, God with us. That's the message of Christmas, God with us, and he is the one who heals us so that we can see and hear and know and walk with him. It has reference also to the first coming of the Messiah and to the second coming of the Messiah. When John the Baptist was caught in doubt after he had prophesied that the Messiah was Jesus, after he had said, behold, the Lamb of God, there in that dark prison, he began to doubt the very word God had showed him. And we know we should never doubt in the darkness what God has shown us in the light. But there he was in that moment, doubting God, wondering, Jesus, are you the one or should we look for another? He sent his disciples with that question to Jesus. Imagine that. And here's what Jesus said in reply, or part of what he said. In Matthew 11, 4 to 5, Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive the sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news is preached to the poor. Jesus did all of that. He was Messiah. And all through church history, there have been seasons of the supernatural where people have been raised from the dead, where people have been healed of incredible sicknesses and diseases, if you church, go through church history, you see it. And today, it happens. And we pray for that and we believe that. And we believe that God still, still heals. And there are these signs and wonders that speak of one day when ultimately there will be no sickness. When one day, ultimately, there will be no pain. When ultimately, we will have a new body and will attend no more funeral services. See, Our recovery begins in the desert. You might be in that desert experience, but let God come in. Let him touch you spiritually. You you feel like a lame person, but let God heal you so that you could leap and that you could be like a deer going to high places in God. Our journey...
through the desert, our journey through the desert, a highway. God's going to put a highway there. And that way is going to be called the way of holiness. The unclean will not journey on it. It will be for those who walk in that way. Wicked fools will not go on it. Notice that, first of all, that highway is a holy highway. It's the way of holiness. Notice the unclean will not journey on it, but only the redeemed will walk there. In the beginning, the very first chapter of Isaiah, the prophet said, now come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God promises to cleanse us. He promises us that we can be made holy, not in our own strength, but by his strength and his power. That's the promise for the believer. We look at the beautiful snow out there. It's just beautiful to look at the trees and the grass and the ground covered. And it reminds you of God's power to make all things new. And he says, that that way is a holy way. And one of God's distinct titles given again and again in the book of Isaiah, the Holy One of Israel. It's one of Isaiah's favorite names for God, the Holy One of Israel. And as you think about Jesus in Matthew 121, this Christmas season, and she, meaning Mary, will bring forth a son, you shall call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. We are called to follow Christ And as we follow Christ and we put our hand in his hand, he will help us to walk a holy way, that holy highway. Now, what I love about that holy highway is it's a safe highway. It's a safe highway. In verse 9, no lion will be there, nor will any ferocious beast get up on it. They will not be found there but only the redeemed will walk there. That's a, the safest place is the holy place. The safest place is when you're near to the heart of God, when your life is ordered by the word of God and you're following the spirit of God in your life. That highway is a safe place. That lion, that roaring lion, Satan who goes about seeking whom he may devour, he can't get up on that road. That road is protected by the blood of the lamb. That road is protected by the angels of the Lord. And he says, when you walk in that road, no weapon formed against you will prosper. When you walk on that road, God is gonna watch over you all through the journey. Now, I just love verse 10, where it says, the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I remember back in the 70s when I was saved and went to Bible college, one of the favorite songs was, Therefore the Redeemed of the Lord. And he Ancient Christian with me, remember that? Oh, some people's hands are going down. They weren't going to raise it. But that was one of my favorite songs. We'd sing, there for the redeemed of the Lord. You know, God has made a covenant 
to get you to your journey's end. He is more interested in you getting there than you are in getting there. He's more burdened for your family than you are for your family. He's made a covenant to restore, to redeem, to keep you. We've all heard the cliche phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season. But the question is, is he? Is Jesus the center of your life? Or is Christmas just one of the two times during the year that you visit the church? Are you part of the body of Christ? During the Christmas season, there are many opportunities to stop and reflect on the greatest gift of all. But like all gifts, it's only enjoyed when you receive it. The important part of this season is being sure that you have a personal relationship with Jesus. Are you ready for the King? Have you received the upward call? We'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Pastor Ed Jones and the entire congregation here at Faith Assembly would like to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.